time I have half a mind to leave you, babe, that means I have half a mind to stay. It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Pandora's Lunchbox is a song about food and culture around town, around the state, around the world, every Thursday at 6.30 p.m. And I recently went to an exhibit by the Gallery Project on South 4th Avenue in Ann Arbor. It's a multimedia exhibit called Artifacts. And the way they describe it, basically 30 local, regional, and national artists have taken revered and overlooked objects in society, and they've used them to investigate the cultures that have created them. And one, well, several of those uh, items caught my eye, but in particular, I enjoyed a house, a house built of matchbooks. And I have a guest in the studio who actually is the the person who built the house. Hello. Hello. This is Mary Beth Carolyn. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. So you built a house which is now, I guess it's a, a replica of a house that you own or a house that you, what's uh- the story in that? Um, it's a replica of a house that I own and a house that I renovated for the, um, five years of my life and ongoing. I've now owned the house for about seven years. Okay. And what inspired you to take the house and create a replica out of several hundred matchbooks? Well, um, some friends of mine and I were putting together a show called Soft Scrap, and we took um, an uninhabited, at the time, storefront Um, And we created an art gallery. And when it came time after sort of starting the curation of the show, when it came time for me to build my own piece, I looked to my collections that I had because I tend to um, gather materials. And um, I had this one collection that was um, put together from a friend of mine who goes around to a lot of estate sales. And I I do this too, but she had um, put the collection together, and it was a collection of matchbooks from... um, from in and around the Detroit area, and including like the whole like snowboard uh, snowbird thing, you know, where some of the matchbooks, most of them were from Detroit and surrounding areas, mm-hmm. and, and then some of them were from Florida, you know. People from Michigan who stay in Florida every six months, yeah, go to a bar and a restaurant at the Tiki Lounge in Key West exactly. or whatever, and bring it back here. So yep, yeah, yep. and so. Um, you know, it's always hard to explain how this happens, but I think a lot of people understand it. Musicians understand it, artists understand it. When there's that moment of like that aha moment, and I was looking at, um, you know, this collection of matchbooks, and all of a sudden something sparked, and I knew I wanted to um, construct a scale model of my house out of matchbooks, and mm. I knew why. I couldn't quite put my finger on a name for it uh-huh. um, at the time. But I was going through a lot of frustration about my house being like financially upside down in the market Uh-oh. because, of course, you know, that happened to a lot of us at the time. That was a, a couple of years ago? When, that was a when, couple of years when ago, When the whole yeah. mess came down, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? Um, I meant to buy the house, fix it up, and then sell it and then go to grad school. So this was going to be like my cushion, my egg, you know? Oh, okay. And... Uh, it, you know, I, it like quote unquote didn't work, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, oh, screw this. And, um, and when that doesn't work, it doesn't work in a big way, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like tragic in my life, you know, and I hadn't yet gotten into grad school and all that either. So, and so, uh, I constructed it and I called it bailout. Okay. 
And the idea was if you buy the house, the house was for sale and it was for like 90 some thousand dollars, you know, the exact figure at the time that I owed on the house. And, you know, so if you if you bought it, you could, you know, basically correct the situation for me. If you bought the replica made of matchbooks. That's correct. At the art show. Which, you could oh yeah, yeah, take care of that other problem. Yeah. Yeah. Which, <laughs> uh, nobody bought it. But. Oh. That's they okay. Have. They should have. <laughs> well, if they did, I couldn't burn it. And I, I want to burn it. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> so after it gets through the gallery show, I think in the spring, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll burn it down. Wow. Yeah. So that'll be the final, you know, version of the project will be in video form. Oh, great. Yeah. So it keeps on changing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and luckily things kind of worked out with the house. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I was able to, you know, it's a duplex, and I rent out um, both sides of it, and it takes care of itself. So in the end, it was it was good, but at that time, it was, you know, I was working out some frustration. Right. Now is, I don't, you know, I'm certainly not going to ask for the address, but is it? It's in southeast <laughs> Michigan or near Ann Arbor, is it? Yeah, it's in Detroit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I'm not going to give you the address no. because um, I, don't, I don't really want my insurance company to know about this this piece that I've had in my house and like traveled right. around to galleries. <laughs> it's kind of a fire hazard. Oh, well, yeah, I guess I guess when you get matchboxes together, it's, yeah. yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but it's so cool looking. Thanks. They should realize that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's made especially cool looking by this amazing collection of matchbooks. You know. Matchboxes. Matchboxes of all different colors. Yep, all different colors and lots of haunts, you know, in and around Detroit that are, um, you know, poignantly, some of them are not, did not survive, have not survived, you know, and some of them did, and um, and those are recognizable too. So there's a lot of history in there, and I think people enjoyed looking at that because they're like, oh, I remember that place, you know. Right, so you can look at it and and see if you recognize any of those restaurants. Yeah, and a lot of people did. Now I see the old. I happened to scribble down a couple of names just because I was having fun looking at the different matchbooks yeah. and the old fish market. Yeah, you know what that is or no. where that? No, no, it's the old. It's an old I, fish market. You know, market, I'm yeah. ten years in Detroit. I'm not a lifer. So. Oh, okay, one potato two was a name that caught. Yep, I remember name. that one. One potato yep. two. I'm not sure what that is or what it says, but it's. It's food. It's, uh, it's catchy. It's catchy. Yes. <laughs> now, Bonanza, was there a restaurant? I'm trying to remember if there's yeah. a chain or something. That's yeah, a... there's a chain, Bonanza. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the Buttes, B-U-T-T-E-S. I wonder if that's a Western-themed restaurant in Detroit or something, or a hmm. Montana-themed steakhouse. Maybe so. <laughs> so um, what, is, what is the size of your house replica? Um, well, the size, it's a three-quarter-inch scale replica. And the house itself is seventeen hundred square feet. <laughs> um, the I think it's about forty inches, thirty inches tall, for forty inches wide, you know, fifty inches long, something like that. Has a nice long porch too, actually. Yeah, the porch was added on. The, the house was the original house, not the matchbox house, was built in um 1850s oh, and the wow. porch was added on later but it kind of has this like saloon style quality to it it does yeah and i even took there's these teeny tiny um matchboxes that were um d- just perfect for the little tiny benches on the front porch that i actually had at the house unfortunately the real benches had been uh stolen so oh that's too bad <laughs> so it's not an exact replica exact replica anymore 
But now let's see. If you've just tuned in, uh, the Gallery Project has this replica of a house made of matchbooks. Gallery Project is on at 215 South 4th Street. That's 215 South 4th Avenue in Ann Arbor. And the gallery is open Tuesday through Saturday, noon to 9, and Sunday from noon to 4. And I'm talking to Mary Beth Carolyn about the replica of the house that she made. What are some other things about other features of the house? that? What did you have to do to renovate the house? Well, I started by... Um, ripping up the um, vinyl, the three layers of vinyl flooring and like oh, wow. <laughs> laminate and um, plywood. And, uh, you know, I'd have, I'd have like a big section of flooring up on my shoulder on this big crowbar. And <sighs> that's the only really like deconstruction work I had to do. Um, the rest of it, you know, had been gutted when I bought it. So I was lucky that oh. um, I didn't have to do a lot of demolition. And so I started right in with, um, I kind of worked at it in layers, like started right in with the sanding the floors, first scrubbing, actually scrubbing them because they were so old because that some of them I didn't sand because they have this nice like rounded knots and stuff. Okay. And uh you know, putting up some drywall and uh, in places that that was missing, insulation. Um, my dad would come down and help me with the plumbing and uh, some of the electrician. An electrician was doing the electrical work and then I would do the finish work and he'd come back and check on me. So I'd have a lot of sort of like procrastination, last minute, like weekend, <laughs> you know, crazy, ever, you know, friend related parties where I'd get a bunch of beer and and pizza and then people would come <laughs> over and help me like you know with a good push of like sanding and all kinds of stuff you know um lots of painting and painting and painting and I mean if you've been through a house renovation you know it's like endless Endless, yeah. And it was a duplex, so it was like Groundhog Day when I'd have to do the other side because oh, no. it was exactly the same. So, oh, yeah, wow. it, it was exhausting, but I'm glad I did it. And uh, it's interesting to see people finding homes in Detroit that might not otherwise be renovated or recognized and finding a home out of them. Yeah, and I found that um, it really fit with you know, the lifestyle, you have a little extra time in Detroit because there's not so, um, you're not inundated with, um, so many sort of like extra urban things to do. You know, it has a little bit less commerce than other cities and, um, which give us like a lot of freedom to do big projects and like put on shows, you know, that's why a lot of musicians like it and artists like it. So, um, I found that it was actually like, a really nice pastime. I mean, my friends got involved, and they would come over and visit, and um, and it was um, it brought me together with other friends who were doing the same thing. And the text, I think people are really attracted to the old textures, and that um, kind of house is really comfortable. Um, it doesn't like. I think some new houses to me seem intimidating to our bodies because our mm. bodies are so imperfect. And when you have a house that's imperfect too, it's kind of more comfortable, I huh. think. I, li I like that thought, actually. Yeah. Some of the new houses are perfectly angular and yeah. really tall, kind of imposing mm -hmm. windows and ceilings. and Yeah, it can be kind of stifling. <laughs>
So it, an older house gives you a lot of freedom. You know, you can write on the walls. You can. You <laughs> That's <know>. true. <laughs> so you can mess the floors up and just right. resand them, and yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm talking to Mary Beth Carolyn about her house in Detroit and about the replica of the house that she now has on display in Ann Arbor that is made of matchbooks. And we're going to listen to an inspirational tune on this theme. This is Carl Perkins, and this is Matchbox. Now, matchbooks are probably—I've been reading up a little on it, and they seem to be more of an American trait as opposed to matchboxes, which other countries have. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, here Carl Perkins is talking about a matchbox, and he's sitting there wondering if a matchbox will hold his clothes. So we're going to hear how he's doing with that. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Well, I'm sitting here wondering if a hold my clothes. Yeah, I'm sitting here wondering if a box hold my clothes. I ain't got no matches, but I got a long way to go. I'm an old poor boy, long way from home. Let me be your little dog Tell your big dog come When the big dog gets here Show him what this little puppy dog Well, I said Let me hold my clothes Yeah, little woman With a matchbox hold my clothes I ain't got no matches Got a long way to go Let her go Thank you, Carl Perkins, sitting there wondering if a matchbox will hold his clothes. That's kind of a small dwelling. But uh, we're talking about a couple of somewhat larger dwellings on Pandora's Lunchbox. I'm here with Mary Beth Carolyn. Hello. Hello. And Mary Beth Carolyn, 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 sorry. Carolyn, yeah. Is at the graduate school at the U of M School of Art and Design. We've been talking about some of the work she's done in Detroit and also about a replica of her house that she built, a small replica which is now on display at the gallery project on, that is on, it's coming to me, it is in Ann Arbor, and I just said a little earlier, where it was. and Fourth it's Street. Fourth Street, thank you. <laughs> the gallery project is at 215 South Fourth Street. It's on display tonight till 9, and also it's part of a larger exhibit called Artifacts, which continues 
into February until actually Sunday, February 20th. So that's a miniature house made of matchbooks. And we were talking a moment ago about how you were in Detroit, you found a house Mm -hmm. and renovated it. And I was looking up some information about your matchbook work and found out, much to my delight, that at some point you had taken the time to give a cooking cooking demonstration using power tools. Yep, cooking with power tools. <laughs> cooking with power tools. I mean, just saying it is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of get it just by saying it, right? Yes. I mean, you know, I love food and I love power tools. So, so that's the best fit. of both worlds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was looking up um, information on a place called The Lot in Detroit yeah. where you did the Cooking with Power Tools demonstration. Can you tell me a little bit about The Lot? Sure. Um, my friend Kathy Leeson put this together. She took she took an empty lot near her house, and she created an experimental outdoor um, art space for performances, musicians, large sculpture. She had, um, you know, huge art related lawn games she had a giant oh, wow. like um pyramid by a local artist um davin and she had i mean she had a full lineup basically um in what is only just an empty lot i mean there was some work done to it to sort of like level it out and put a path in but um it was quite quite the ingenious creation she had yeah and um she invited she, what she wanted to do is pair up detroit artists with um artists from other cities and um and so she would have them do shows and then they'd you know have a bite to eat afterwards and stuff like that and it, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Kathy's been really generous with my work, and um, you know she's always like willing to uh, to to go with it when I come up with an idea. So great. Yeah. So yeah, one one afternoon, we were working actually. The way that the sh- um, idea for the show came up is, we were. Um, working on the landscaping and I was kind of I'm not really into landscaping and mm-hmm. I was kind of like Whoo, oh man I think I gotta go I, oh, I got so much to do <laughs> I think I hear my phone ringing yeah. yeah and then all of a sudden she was like are you sure because my neighbor is supposed to show up with a tiller and I was <laughs> like mm, well okay maybe I can stay a few minutes and so <laughs> You know, I got the tiller and I got the biggest job out there and I was like really psyched to <laughs> dig in and I'm going in circles, circles and circles. And this is at a time where I had almost no artistic inspiration. I was like trying to, you know, save money and, and you know, I was happy to have an inspiration if it came along, but mm-hmm. I, it was actually kind of a low point. And all of a sudden I'm I'm going in these circles and I was like... Bam. I I I got it from I, I that's where cooking with power tools came from. I, what I where it sparked from was I realized how closely um my cooking endeavors like by going in those circles it was kind of like stirring. Oh wow. And I did a lot of catering um in my past and I've done a lot of cooking and um and massive amounts like I've you know catered for a wedding of like 150 people and, wow okay um and then I would also working on the house and like sometimes when I would work on the house I would do be doing like a nice fine plaster job and I would notice that 
I would thought, where do I know this from? Like, where did I learn this skill? And I realized that I took like 4-H when I was younger. Oh, okay. And I, um, one of the classes was fro- like cake frosting. Okay. And it is, it was so similar to me. All these like construction and cooking things started overlapping. It was, um, the skill set and like the, the, creative part and sort of the organization of how you go about those things Mm -hmm. is like so similar and and I think people tend to split them apart um, so much into like these sort of masculine and feminine roles and and for me it just kind of didn't make sense and once I let go of like the fact that maybe I you know maybe it's not my role to be fixing up a house or something like that or driving a big F-150 and going to the dump and like hauling (laughs) things out on my own and like you know all these crazy things I was doing you know once I kind of let that go I realized wow these things are actually pretty similar. And so there came a menu (laughs) at the lot. I found the menu here. This menu was called uh, I believe Recipe for Disaster. Recipe for Disaster. I love it. So the recipe for disaster, cooking with power tools, consisted of lemon and pepper tilapia, Mm -hmm. uh, garlic, coconut, mashed potatoes. I see sweet and Idaho potatoes, Mm -hmm. garlic bread, tossed salad, Mm -hmm. and cake frosted. So (laughs) you went about uh, cooking with power tools. Well, um, I started out by deciding that I would only use power tools and hand tools and live fire. Um, But in order to do this, I decided I would also definitely need an assistant. My friend Tommy helped me with that. And I would absolutely need a DJ. So I also had a DJ and I put him behind a protective window. Perfect. And uh, so then from there, I came up with um, a few extra tools I made, like a potato masher that I made for the event where I throw the potatoes at like a mesh screen and it slides (laughs) down the back of a plexiglass screen and into like a paint tray. Um, And for the salad, I did have to also um, create, it's not my own invention, but I think some people are familiar with the spud gun. Mm Mm-hmm. Like a potato shooting Potato gun? shooter. Yeah. yeah, you make them out of PVC pipe. It's a real, like, I grew up up north, and this, okay. is, this was kind of something that we would do. And originally, I was going to mash the potatoes out of there, but then I realized that that was going to be um, dangerous for Tommy. Oh, so, <laughs> dangerous for the DJ. We, we do want to think of the DJ, yes. Yeah, so then... <laughs> Um, well, the DJ was Johnny. And the oh, Tom, oh, Tommy was your the assistant. assistant. Your yeah. assistant, right. I had to give a shout out for Johnny there. Oh, okay. Um, so then I decided that was going to, that's how I was going to toss the salad with the spud shooter. As in toss it uh, across the... Uh, into the audience, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just for fun. That was the only thing that um, was not actually, I mean, it was edible, but it was, of course, <laughs> all over everybody. But If they uh, opened every... their mouths, they could get yeah, some, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything else was edible. <laughs> um, so you made uh, fro- you frosted a cake. How, how did you make the cake? Well, the cake was actually like a chocolate ganache cake um, that was um, I, okay. So I cheated with the cake Uh-oh. to be honest, because I I knew that the baking would be a challenge. So <laughs> what I did was um, used a, a sponge cake and then sliced it up with a sawzall, okay. and then melted the chocolate on the live fire with the with the cream, and then whipped it up with a drill, um, <laughs> and then and then frosted the cake, and then 
I lit the candles with a blowtorch. All right. Um, my friend Phil let me borrow. I had a blowtorch, but it was really small. My friend Phil let me borrow this really big one. Okay. And so um, it managed to like melt the candles and light them at the same time. <laughs> but that was fun. That was the last part that I did. And the um, the fish was the first part. I uh, yeah, the tilapia. I was gonna ask you about yeah, the, the yeah. fish. Yeah. Well, for that one, um, I decided to get whole fish, okay. and uh, I, of course, I had to um, then chop their heads off, mm-hmm. as one would have to do. Yes. <laughs> um, so I used a, uh, I used an axe to chop their heads off, oh, which wow. was a crowd pleaser, <laughs> and then just prepared them like you would prepare fish, you know, on the grill or something. You with a lot of fresh herbs and um, squeeze the lemons with a vice press and <laughs> um, and then put it on the live fire inside inside of these um, like um, heating duct tubes oh okay yeah and it, it worked out pretty good and everybody enjoyed the food yeah well that was something I was really nervous about because um, I had cleaned the tools but I could only clean them so much and I didn't really know how much the audience would trust me. (laughs) And, you know, in the end I said, you know, you're welcome to eat. I gave them sort of like a little bit of a warning and I was shocked because everybody came up and they, they did eat it. They ate the food and and I was like, are you sure? And then I ate it. It was good. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. So cooking with power tools was a success. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was um, no fingers were chopped off and <laughs> nobody got electrocuted, so I call it a success. That's That sounds like my definition of success. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, time has already flown by that we're almost done with Pandora's Lunchbox. Um, isn't that amazing how time flies when yeah, you're talking about yeah. cooking with power tools and things yeah, like that? I'm glad I could help you waste some time here. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's what we're all about here. Good. <laughs> and I've been talking to Mary Beth Carolan about... Her adventures in Detroit in in art and also in in Ann Arbor. There is a replica of her house that she's built out of matchbooks, which you can see at the Gallery Project, which is oh dear, now I've lost the directions again. The, the street is I know it's on Fourth Street. Yes, South two fifteen South Fourth Street. Two fifteen South Fourth Avenue in downtown Ann Arbor. The Gallery Project information is at galleryproject.com. And her piece there is called Bailout, and there are several dozen other works as well in mixed media. Yeah, it's thank, a great show. There's, there's a great variety of works mm-hmm. there. And thank you, Mary Beth, for visiting WCBN. Oh, thank you so much. Mary Beth is a in the graduate school at the U of M School of Art and Design and likes to cook with power tools. Coming up next, uh, we're going to face the music. But in the meantime, we have one more song on the general matchbook theme. We heard Matchbox by Carl Perkins a moment ago. We're going to go out with a a bit of a slow tune, but we may be able to build up from there very soon. This is Elvis Costello and the Attractions, and this is Motel Matches. And you're listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Am I kind? And 
Ozone House provides an array of free services to runaway and homeless youth, youth in crisis, and their families. If you are having trouble in school or at home, need someone to talk to or a place to stay, please call 734-662-2222, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. All of our services are free, voluntary, and confidential, and have been since 1969. Call 734 662 2222 Ozone House There is a safe place to get a little taste of that, wasn't it? It's 7 o'clock. This is Face the Music starting up with a selection by the Guckenheimer Sauerkraut Band. I'm going to be hearing a lot of uh, extended jams tonight. I think the Mothers of Invention have vowed to show up and so forth. So uh, let's face the music, huh? (laughs) 